Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo!
IGN's offices in San Francisco. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of August 21st. 21st. The 4th. I don't know what the hell. I mean, technically, the 21st and the 4th or 24th are in the same yeah, week. So that's week. Yeah. I'm living in the future weeks. and in the yeah. past. This is IGN's all-Nintendo podcast. I am your host, Jose Otero. Mm-hmm. I'm joined by Brian Altano. What's up? And Martin Christopher Sliva. Whoa, he said my... my- my Christian name. <laughs> I've never yeah, heard your that really Yeah, that's name? my full name. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I always guessed it was, but then I saw your ID. <laughs> I always guessed it was. I just, that I was a hell of a guess, season. Jose. Yeah, it was a really What's good What's your one. middle name, Jose? I will not say that on the air. <laughs> I know what it is. Can I say uh, No. Do you really? Yeah. He just said yours. Uh, I've filled out. I, I like got a plane ticket for you once. And moving on. <laughs> so we you have a fantabulous see. show for you today. Okay. Uh, we've got news. We've got some game impressions. And we actually have Marty here for a very special reason at the end. Talk about recent articles on the side as well that uh, we're actually dying to talk about. But first, let's go with some impressions. Um, so, Brian, you mm-hmm. and I, at least, have been playing Azure Striker Gunvolt. Yep, yep. We've got codes in. And also, did you get to play Mighty Gunvolt yet? I did, yeah. I did. Okay, I played so a good. lot of it last night. All right, yeah. I, I haven't played as much, so I'm curious. Are you curious about these games at all? I'm, I'm sorry. super curious. So we need to first start off, because I think a lot of people don't know what any of these words are. Okay, yeah. so yeah. Uh, Azura Striker Gunvolt, uh, you may have seen it on the site, is uh, a game developed by Inti Creates. These are the former Mega Man Zero team, mm-hmm. essentially, so that was a series of GBA titles. I think they also did Mega Man uh, ZX Advent, which was on DS. They also were involved in Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10. So yeah. this team has had a lot of experience making 2D action platformer sure. games. Um, and they're making a game for 3DS that stars Gunvolt, sort of a 14-year-old protagonist who has basically controls the power of lightning. He, and it's sort of that resistance-type story. The dialogue's really funny. It's localized mm-hmm. by our friends over at A4. Um, if you don't know what that is, please look that up, 8-4 uh, on Googles. And, yeah, so we got codes in. It's coming out on August 29th. That's and soon. if you buy that game, a new sto- one of the news stories, I mean, this is skipping ahead, you get a free copy of another game called Mighty Gumball, which okay. is sort of an mm-hmm. 8-bit version of that game, like a platforming action game, but it has some guest characters. Yeah. So let's start with Gunvolt then. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's first of all, I just want to say like it's it's almost a crime that we don't get more uh, sprite based games on 3DS. Because mm-hmm. say what you will about you know putting the 3D slider on or off. I know some people don't like it for games like Ocarina. Some people call it like a, it eats batteries. It's distracting sure. for some people. But I really think that uh, for 2D sprite based games, it is awesome. Yep. It's very simple. It's very subtle. Yeah. It's just some background on foreground stuff and it just looks so damn beautiful. Absolutely. Shovel Knight looked amazing. Oh man, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I really love stuff like that because it's it's just like it's it's a way to throw back to an art style I personally grew up uh, you know really appreciating and respecting. You guys did obviously as well. Oh yeah. Um, and sort of bring it up to the now. And speaking of which like the sprite work in this game is beautiful. Yep, it's really it's really fun. Um, and it's it's also like people are comparing it to Mega Man. I think in a way it sort of is, but in many ways it's it's a, a it's a very kind of like it's a little bit more it's like metal slug but with like crazy magical power. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a different vision. Um, it is a, it, all they share is, um, excuse me, are 2D action roots. That's yeah, about okay. it. Yeah. So it's not the like the level select kind of thing? Is it? Is it well, linear? Well, it or? has that actually. So it does have some Mega Man inspired design mm-hmm. because after you jump in and finish the first level, which is sort of set up as a tutorial, mm-hmm. you then choose the uh, six boss among six okay. bosses that you want to fight. Yeah. However, at least I haven't seen an instance of well, beating this one boss gives you this thing that'll help you beat the next boss. You don't get a power from each boss. Gotcha. Some give you a valuable piece of equipment, some don't. Okay. Um, 
And so action in this game unfolds in a really cool way where, you know, you have a, a standard pistol. Uh, I think you start off with a gun that's called the Cerberus. But anyway, you use this gun. It doesn't do a lot of damage. But the mm-hmm. goal of the game is to tag your enemies. You'll see a reticle showing up on them. And so tag an enemy and then pull up your flash field, which basically attacks that enemy with lightning. Yeah. So you're surrounded by a field. Mm-hmm. Anything you've tagged is hit by lightning from that field. And anything that tries to enter the flash field it's also hit gets hit by it as well. But it is better to tag an enemy and fry him than to just let him into the flash yeah, field. Yeah. You definitely take off more damage if you have if you went ahead and tagged him first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's ultimately how how it unfolds and it has level progression. Yeah. It's really cool because you're gaining XP and as you level up and get more levels, you unlock skills in the game. Skills have different purposes. Some of them are offensive based. So there's one that I had that uh, when you activate it, they're all f- you can slot up to four on the bottom touchscreen. But when you activate it, you know it's it triggers an animation that also shows off just how good that game looks as far yep. as the sprite work goes. And then there's uh, sort of an area of effect attack. Anything within a certain radius just gets blasted yeah. by lightning. Um, and it, and the way to police you overusing those is there are these three skill cards at the bottom of the top screen. Mm-hmm. And when you've d- basically like killed enough foes or been fighting really cool, you earn those cards as you go. Okay. So you'll expend one card in order to use one like of the a, cool powers. a boosted yeah. up flash field. Some of the other powers, though, they're not all de- offensive. One of them is to refill your lightning bar really quick, your okay, EP nice. bar, because everything is uh, sort of mm-hmm. EP is the currency you need to be able to use the flash field. Mm-hmm. And the minute it's expended, you have to wait for it to grow back. So all you have is that dinky pistol, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. it. And you have to like jump around and like not get hit, essentially. But uh, you can use a skill to refill your meter really quickly, or you can use your skill to refill your health just a little bit, yeah. or even a lot. But the one that's a lot, you need at least two cards to use. Okay, so, so when you, you have three at the bottom, when you level up, is it like, hey, at level two you get this, and at level four everyone gets this, or is it like you leveled up, choose what you want to get? No, you get something. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. Okay. they'll tell it's you like, hey, gotcha, you gotcha. unlock this ability, except you unlock this skill, and it flashes by briefly. You can't customize so they call them loadouts mm-hmm. in the game you can't customize the loadout mid-mission I've noticed okay, you have to do it before point. you jump okay. in but uh, you can pick up to four of those yeah. abilities okay. to put in the bus yeah it's interesting it's, it's, it's cool to play a um uh, a platformer, I guess I would almost hesitate to call it that because I mean, there's elements of that, uh, and when they are, when they're pronounced, they're actually really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's sort of like a kind of run and gun. Yeah, absolutely. and um, you know, the one hand you have this really weak pistol, and the other thing you have this like kind of overpowered, uh, like supercharged item that takes over the whole screen. So there's no like sort of middle, right? You're either like very weak or you're taking over everything sure. so the the balance there is when you run out of the power for one and you're sort of like scrambling around to wait for it to yeah. recharge but uh, what I really appreciate about the game like I'll say right off the bat like a lot of the sort of like anime art approach to some of the character designs in the cutscenes they don't really appeal to me mm-hmm. I don't really care for that kind of stuff personally like yeah, sure. a lot of characters with like spiky hair and stuff mm-hmm. like I just have no allegiance to that he looks like Cloud from he does look like Cloud yeah, <laughs> but like the actual sprite work of the characters is beautiful and the enemies that he fights like the in the in the tutorial this like robot that looks like something out of RoboCop runs in and he's like six times bigger than you That's awesome. and he's got all these giant moving parts and he's like this tank enemy and he's just super cool and I yeah. love seeing stuff like that mm-hmm. so That's really uh, and yeah a lot of the boss battles are really great but um 
Yeah, the, the game comes out in what? In like a week? Yeah, in a week. Yeah, we'll be at PAX uh, next week. Actually, everyone it, here will it be It ships PAX. with its own D-Make, which is like really fascinating. Yeah, so let's talk make. about that. It's called yeah, Mighty yeah. Mighty Gunvolt. So is it is one? called Mighty Gunvolt. Uh, it is also by Intecreate. Is the it is Mighty... sort of an 8-bit D-Make yeah. of that game, but uh, it had yeah, the Mighty This signals. is the Mighty, uh, Mighty, Mighty Number 9. Okay. Beck is in this game, and also yeah. a character from Galgun. What's her name again? I'm sorry. One second. Uh, Ekoro. So Galgun is a really weird Japanese game yeah. if you look it up by the way but Intecreates was involved they put her in the game and uh, so you've played more of that version like yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit sure and it, it's got so it's uh, it, it's, it looks like a weird sort of uh, like Mega Man spinoff that would have come out back in the day yeah, yeah. it doesn't exactly look and feel just like Mega Man it doesn't play exactly like Mega Man but it's close enough to sort of be like oh man this is weird yeah it's, it's sort of like uh to, to me, it's like, so I grew up listening to a lot of hip-hop, and I would listen to Wu-Tang all the time. I still do. And there was a time where, like, Wu-Tang, all the Wu-Tang cousins, I already always sure, called them, yeah. they would put out these albums that I was just kind of like, well, this isn't, like, the regular, uh, the core albums that I really yeah, like. Yeah, But there's still something there that's like... Well, it's like when Raekwon made his own album. And yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is a lot different. Yeah. No, uh, it was more like when... When Capadonna you, when and you God made his own album. God made yeah. an album, and you're like, all right. <laughs> no one really knows you, God, but he got a couple beats from Riz's. So yeah. this might be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Kinda that's cool. Kinda, right. I know that's a huge walk for a lot of people listening to this show. <laughs> it's a stretch. Yeah, it's a stretch. Just, just the Venn diagram of NBC and Wu-Tang. <laughs> the, the, the Venn diagram of us in this room of NBC and Wu-Tang know, really overlaps. I know. Pear I know. has a Wu-Tang tattoo, which Who? you guys don't know about. Yeah, Pear. yeah, Pear. No. He probably does, I imagine. Well, yeah, yeah. Wu-Tang. There's an umlaut above the U in Wu-Tang. That's right. It was German Wu-Tang. His friends call them old, dirty Pear student in college. That's not true. I love that he's not here to defend himself. It's not exactly a Mega Man game, but it's close and it's weird enough and it deserves your attention because it's sort of like I sort of see it as this the a prequel to Mighty Number no. Nine, right? Now we're all waiting for that game to come out. Mm-hmm. This is this kind of eight bit version that came out for it. And if you look at like something like um what was it a few years ago? Uh, there was a Capcom game that they also made a D-make for. And the Capcom game... Oh, you're talking about uh, Dark, Dark Void. Dark yeah. Void. Yeah, oh, that was right. a similar yeah, situation. About that. Dark and Void then, Zero. So the game Actually, came out. Mike Micah was on the show and he explained how he was he was the guy editing Wikipedia to make people think that Dark Void was this NES game that <laughs> not a lot of people played. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's Tricky a great people? story. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That. That's yeah. really cool. Uh, yeah, you missed that episode. Yeah, Sorry. so it's got... It's 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 weird because you, you play Gunvolt and you're running and gunning and everything's going great and you can go left and right, nothing really changes. And then you go to play uh, Mighty Gunvolt, and you go left and you go right again, and all the enemies come back. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally like, God damn it, it's an NES game. Yeah, uh, and totally. it's got that sort of like hop and shoot approach, like Mega Man does. Uh, there's little power ups with like, you know, the characters' names on uh, the initial gives yeah, you a one yeah, up and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. There's that. eight um, big covers of all the music from Gunvolt for the most or some of yeah, the music yeah, from yeah, Gunvolt. Really yeah, cool. It's really yeah. cool. And like the all the level design is very, is very Mega Man. So yeah, um, yeah it's, it's kind of dope to just get both these games for the price of one. Yeah, I mean, I know it's, yeah. A, and it's awesome. This is the Mega Man 9 and 10 team, too, who we're used to making Yeah, 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 yeah that's thing. awesome. Yeah, no, that's it's awesome. really, really rad. Okay, I have a couple questions. Go. So everyone who buys Gunvolt is going to get Mighty Gunvolt. This yeah, is like, yeah. some it's pre-order early thing. code for at least three months. Uh, oh, okay. The promotion ends November 29th, at least in North America. Europe is still waiting for uh, Gunvolt. They, okay. they haven't yeah, announced the date for announced. it yet, but okay. it's probably coming there. Uh, is it downloadable only? Download only, no retail. And yeah. is it 
only 3DS or is it also Wii U? It's only 3DS okay, right gotcha. now. Gotcha. Those yeah, are my big questions. I, and I say right now because that's all we know of. Should, yeah, both of, of those else. things should totally come to Wii U. Yeah. And the, if, and you're yeah. Work, if you're working on that game, like, <laughs> tell yeah, does it really boss. Does it utilize the two screens at all or could this easily be like a gamepad game? No, it, it definitely. It, well, the, the abilities we were talking about earlier, the skills are on yeah. the bottom screen. That's why you're playing levels. Yeah, and I then think, I think they're between menus, they are using both screens in some way. We're like, one thing we didn't get to talk about with Gunvolt was there's, you can synthesize items. Um, at the end of every mission when you finish and they rally up your score you can find these medallions in each stage mm-hmm. and these medallions are bonus chances to pick from there's a grid of like I want to say 12 or 15 boxes on the bottom screen and they're all question marks and you pick different ones and you get uh, a, a mineral or something and you can collect enough of those and synthesize gear that allows you to air dash oh, allows nice. you to double jump oh, I like each that. one of these uh, expends EP the, my only complaint with that system though is that because the drops are random sometimes you're playing like in the office I was able to get a certain uh gear really quickly, but then at home I never yeah, got I it. I feel like stuff like air dashing would be amazingly, it would come in handy if you got that right at the beginning of the game. Whereas and it's if super you wait useful. Yeah. yeah, especially because uh, one of the things also I wanted to talk about earlier, but we did switch over to Mighty Gun Vault, was that in uh, Azure Striker Gun Vault, I do like that a lot of it is focused on replayability mm-hmm. and you going mm-hmm. back into these stages and attacking them and going through them as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I'm not a guy who really likes to speedrun games, but I do like games where I get to show off flair and technique and try mm-hmm. to figure out like the best path from point A to point B. And that was the thing that it took a little bit to discover, but then once I figured it out, I was like, oh, man, yeah. this is cool. And lastly, to wrap up, uh, I guess, Gunvolt, and then we, you can wrap up on Mighty Gunvolt if sure. you want, is that the boss fights, the boss fights are so cool because um, they have at least the dedicated boss fights. The one you have in the tutorial level is pretty, pretty easy. Yeah. But then when you actually fight the standard, like I, they're like seven samurai type things. Um, they have three phases, and you see it on their health bar. So when you finish with phase one, they're stunned for a second, and then they start phase two, and maybe there's a slight variation. Gotcha. But in phase three, each, at least a majority of the bosses I fought have an attack that can kill you in, like in one, hit. one hit. And you have to figure out how to evade it, and you have to figure out how to stop them from doing it to you. Yeah. And they don't penalize you with like lives or anything like that, like a life counter, or you run out of continues and you have oh, to okay. start over. You can throw as many lives as you can at the problem. But the, I ran into this one like issue with one boss where he sort of sets up a vortex in the center of the screen, and it's automatically sucking me in. I'm like, how the heck do I get away from this? Yeah, yeah. And it was, oh, dash, like run on the ground sure. and get like tap dash as many times as you can. And yeah, you see and it just in the keep video your distance preview, until it. Yeah. And then it explodes and you're fine. There's yeah. another one where, I don't want to spoil it, but each one is sort of like a little jigsaw like puzzle, that. and I love solving stuff. That's really like cool. That. that was really yeah. cool. All right, awesome. sounds rad. I'm excited. Yeah, no, you should be excited for this. Uh, yep. They are asking for $15. It's $14.99 on the shop. You are getting two so far really cool games. I can't wait to dive into Mighty Gunvolt. Yeah. But right now, uh, Standard Gunvolt Le- has my attention. Legitimately, how are we reviewing that? Are we reviewing it as two separate games or is this so one I'm package? I'm not sure, actually. I know. Um, I'd imagine yeah. it's one package, right? I would have, it's weird because it's just it does sound like two yeah because you are yeah. getting another games. game with it yeah no that's, that's true um, I don't know that's yeah it's a good question how sausage is made we don't we don't run reviews so <laughs> not our not my job not my problem <laughs> did you read the text on either one of those games by the way like were you, you entertained at all like with the story or with like on Mighty Gunvolt did you see how uh, because they kidnapped some girl I think they say something like because someone was kidnapped like love is in danger yeah like, yeah, yeah. Is, no, that sounds that, great that wonky weird uh, like eight bit translation yeah. uh, like intentionally put in. 
you can. It's weird because like uh, you can. I, w- I wasn't like too deeply entrenched in the story mm-hmm. in Gunvolt, but in Mighty Gun- Gunvolt, you could put anything in that eight bit font, and I'm reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get going. It. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, yep, that's it. Uh, we already kind of dove into news, so we'll continue with news. Um, Resident Evil Revelations Two got leaked. What? Yeah. I didn't yeah. read this. Uh, so, it. a French Xbox. website, uh, Gamer in a Box, noticed that Xbox.com hosted two media images for Resident Evil Revelations Two. Um, basically pulling back the curtain on that survival horror game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we'd heard rumors before about this, but we never really talked about it. And then all of a sudden, like, seeing that, like, it's definitely a thing. The reason I bring it up here, though, is because Resident Evil Revelations started out as a Nintendo 3DS game. Mm-hmm. It was legitimately 3DS's first blockbuster action game. Yeah. I don't think anyone yeah. here would I think it was that. the, like, even physically, it was the largest game to come to 3DS at the time. Oh, yeah. It was, it was one of the first ones to use a m- much bigger card. Did that use CirclePad Pro? It supported it, yes, yeah. absolutely. It didn't require it, though. <clears throat> sure. I yeah. played without it. I like playing with it, to be honest. That was the one that kind of sold me on it. I personally um, don't like turning my 3DS into a yacht. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> what was the last time you used a Circle really, Pro? No, I put uh, <laughs> these the A Link Between Worlds 3DS in the, to the Circle Pad Pro, and I have never seen Brian almost shed a tear until he saw <laughs> yeah. that. He was like, what did you do to it? Yeah. He was like screaming at me. How, how long has it been? Uh, probably since Monster Hunter. Like, there yeah, aren't that yeah. many games that support it. Uh, and Monster Hunter 4, Ultimate will, so I'll probably start using it again. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's I'll weird, because I think we've again. gone like a year without hearing about anything new supporting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, but uh, I, So anyway, back to the point. I do bring this up because it started out as a 3DS game. It was eventually ported to PS3, 360, and Wii U. Yeah. This thing pops up on Xbox.com. Does it not appear? Does it or does it not appear on Wii U this time? I feel like we're... Br- and are we even in a point where we're going to be upset about it? Because I feel like every time a 3DS game, uh, excuse me, a Wii U game doesn't get announced, I've just kind of slowly become numb to the yeah, situation. I mean, I mean, do we think it's coming to 3DS? No. So, I mean, I would assume also going back, because uh, Capcom also announced that the Resident Evil remake that came out for GameCube back in 2002 coming to Wii is U. getting remastered for everything but Wii U. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, it's 360, PS3, Xbox One, PS4 and PC. Uh, so I would also, I mean, I would imagine no. Which yeah. is a bummer because that's it started, where the game yeah, started. Exactly. I mean, do we know if this is a next gen game? Is this Xbox One on PS4? This has just appeared on the Xbox site, right? Sure, yeah. it just appeared on the Xbox site. So I'm trying to remember. The yeah. box looked like a 360 box. Yeah, to it was be a 360 box. If it's a 360 box, then there's a bigger chance of it coming to Wii U. If it's a PS4, Xbox One game, I would say no chance. I would and imagine I it's a cross game. That yeah? It could be. Yeah. I, I would place the bet there, but I think uh, one of the things that sort of happened definitely with Wii U is Nintendo was betting on cross-gen or, or even just focusing on next-gen not being as quick as it happened, and it seems like it's happening more and more faster than we anticipated, yeah. right? Like, Batman, Arkham Knight is an example of that. Um, Call of Duty is slowly becoming yeah, that, yeah. at least the I main mean, line. Of I, uh, I don't think anybody expected the PS4 to sell 10 million units in 10 months. Wait, is no, there... Absolutely. I talked Assassin's to, Creed, is, is I talked there? to uh, the head of... Uh, Ubisoft, Gimu, Gimu, and uh, yeah, me and Eve go back. We gave me chocolate. I ate, I ate German chocolate with Eve Gimu. Really? You yeah. Sh- you shill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were talking about like I, you know, one of my questions was like, so just look me in the eye and tell me, watch is Watch Dogs still coming to Wii U? And he said, absolutely, it's coming this year. Uh, he said, but by next fall, we are. We want to be done with 360 and PS3, and then we and I'm like, well, that's cutting the umbilical cord pretty early. And he was like, well, yeah, like 
you know, we no one expected PS4 sales to be this crazy yeah, right off the bat. Totally. And, and I mean, Xbox One is also doing amazing. You know, obviously the comparison is weird, but they're both lapping what the yeah. 360 and PS3 did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we found out today that, uh, or just a few days ago, that Ubisoft said that uh, Watch Dogs is going to be the last M-rated Wii U game, so yeah. we're not going to be getting uh, AC Rogue. That's right. I mean, if that game is M-rated, because I think Black Flag was teen. You know what's really? weird? I read that. Yeah. I read the news story, and the only, the thing I got the saddest for, even though I total shot in the dark, I know it'll never happen. Yeah. But I'm like, I guess that means we'll definitely never get a Zombie U too, which That's is a weird title for zombie. a game. <laughs> zombie U. <laughs> you just you just With as blow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I mean, I really enjoyed that game. I thought it had great ideas. I thought that I still to this day think that uh, Ubi did some of the cool stuff on the gamepad. Absolutely. I mean, that game was an awesome dry run for what could have been an amazing sequel. Mm -hmm. So Um, uh, just going back to Resident Evil Revelations, though, I do think even though it was ported to all those other platforms, it was still a better 3DS game because it felt like it was from the ground up. That was the focus. And that's why the episodic sort of approach worked. Mm -hmm. That's why, like, even the way some of that game is set up and the way it loads, like there were certain doors that it just took a couple seconds uh, to to just kind of load what was in the next room. Yeah. I think that still affected the console version. Anyway, I don't want to focus on that, but what I do want to focus on is that it would be a shame if it has just kind of moved on. And to be fair, that's pr- Revelations was probably the last good Resident Evil game since four. Or oh, wait, absolutely. since five. I, I'll be gen- I'll be. I, I like Revelations five, better than five. five. I mean, they're definitely better than six. Yeah, uh, no question. And I mean, that's, um, yeah, there hasn't really been a whole lot. Resident Evil's but, kind of been in a. Yeah, I just stagnation. I hope uh, you know. And Capcom's not talking. They said we have nothing to announce when sure. we asked them about this story. But regardless, I hope to see this thing come back to Wii U. It'll be a shame if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I guess in other uh, news related to games that aren't coming to that, unless you have something. No, to I was just gonna say uh, I'm kind of fully expecting it to not come to Nintendo platforms. I, w- I actually, I'll, I will be shocked if it does. I'll be very excited if it does, because mm-hmm. I'd love to play uh, Revelations on my 3DS, mm-hmm. but I just don't see it happening at this point. Okay. Yeah. So, in other news, for games not coming to Wii U, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, uh, co-founder Michael Condry of Sledgehammer Games, finally, like, someone finally commented and said, mm-hmm. no, not coming to Wii U. It was an Activision decision. We are focused on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. At least that's what Sledgehammer Games is making. Now, for context, Advanced Warfare is being ported by High Moon Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it High Moon's the guys who did the Transformers game? Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is, uh, they're focusing on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 version. Also, for context, the last two Call of Duty games, Black Ops 2 and Ghost, were released on Wii U. But the numbers on those were really bad. <laughs> From what we've heard, the numbers yeah. on those were lower than a lot lower than the other platforms. Yeah. No, like, I mean, from we can't say those numbers, <laughs> but from what we've heard, those numbers are lower than even whatever numbers you're listening to the show and picturing your in your brain, they're lower than that. Yeah. Like, they, they honestly, you know, this is this is hard to say for some people, but, uh, and, and even harder to consume for others. Yeah. But, you know, this is not, when people when companies make this decision it's a decision based on human man hours and the justification of whether or not it's worth those man hours to 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 salvage to put a product like this yeah. on a console that ultimately uh, will not respond to that product sure. and that means that people are missing you know their fam their wives and kids yeah. for nights it means they're working I mean, late nights to get something running on a console that ultimately it goes to stores and it sells 
abysmally. Yeah, and porting a game is not a right-click, save-as kind of thing. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, especially, like, the Wii U hardware is very different than any other. I mean, all hardware is very different. Sure. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it. Yeah, it sucks. If the Wii U is the only thing you have, if you don't have a 360 or a PS3, you know, it's a bummer. Um, yeah. But it's, a big, it's becoming a bigger problem yeah. for Nintendo that they are missing out on certain genres. There yeah. just isn't a version to really be supported on their system. And, I mean, we're all multi-platform gamers in this room, mm-hmm. and I want to imagine some of the people who listen to this podcast are too. So, you know, the idea of a good game and playing it on a, a different platform isn't a hurdle. But for someone who only wants to buy one platform and they're not getting a genre like that, which, let's let's face it, regardless of what we think of Call of Duty, it is the biggest, like, it is one of the biggest moneymakers yep. in video games today. Yeah. 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 And it's not but, coming to this platform. Yeah. I, I mean, know, and Mario's not coming to Xbox One. Like yeah. that's just, sure. it's just but sort the of first like, party stable will always be yeah, the thing yeah. that Nintendo. But I mean, also the on. thing is we're getting to the point where this fall, a three sixty could ostensibly be a hundred dollars. Yeah, and so if you and only you have a Wii Destiny, U yeah. and you really want to play stuff like Destiny and Call of Duty, that's a you know, and that's you don't true. and you don't want to pay the four hundred five hundred dollars for a next gen system. That's true. That's a you know, a hundred dollars is sort of the it's the price of two games. Yeah, so I mean, I, I've, I've seen these stories pop up recently, and I mean, I've been a Nintendo fan my whole life, so none of this stuff is ever new to me, mm-hmm. and I actually sure. just, it doesn't even really phase me anymore, but I see a lot of younger, uh, you know, uh, commenters out there, that they start to chastise some of the companies responsible for these decisions, and the people uh, who work for them, and I don't think that's fair or justifiable. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, it's it's just, it's not a... Um, it's not a console maker playing, or uh, it's not a developer playing favorites. Yeah, right. It's not. They're not. Their message is not. You know, f you Nintendo. Mm-hmm. It's not. Oh, yeah, and it's rarely it's the developer's that, decision. It's a publisher. Sure, and even call. the publisher is not sitting there going, "We hate Nintendo. We hate the Wii U." I mean, I'm, I'm sure a few times that's happened in history across <laughs> everything, but uh, in this particular instance, like they put the game out the last time, people did not respond to it at all. Mm-hmm. Would say, well, no one bought it. Nobody bought it. And the only way to send the message that games should come to your platform is to support those things. And we've said it before on the show. I mean, Nintendo is very clear that unless they drive that install base, these bigger games or, excuse me, big games from Mm -hmm. other publishers are not going to find life on that system because that's how the publisher is going to approach it. What makes the most business sense for us? And hopefully, you know, Nintendo's doing a lot of work. And if there's any company in this industry that is used to supporting their own soft, their own platform, it's them, right? Yeah. I mean, they've carried their own platforms before. They're going to have to do it for now. And once that install base gets drived, hopefully, you know, if those publishers decide to rejoin the table and yep. say, hey, we want to do this now, mm-hmm. it'll happen. Yep. And it'll be a good fit for them. Sure. And if not, that's it. This is what you signed on for, at least for now. And you yeah. need to be aware of that as someone who owns the platform or is considering buying the platform. Yeah. Whatever. You got Captain Toad. You don't need to call, dude. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. I mean, like... <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that, but it's kind of true yeah. in some ways. Exactly. You don't, you don't need Captain Soap McTavish. You have Captain Toad. Um, <laughs> that's what I heard in my head. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah I guess the captains. Um... Yeah, I mean that, that's really what it comes down to, right? Like, there's there's a wealth of games you're going to play on Nintendo on Nintendo platforms that you can't play anywhere else, and that's sort of just like the pick and choose. If you want a little bit of everything, get a PC, you know, but you're still not going to be able to play Captain Toad sure. or Mario Galaxy or any mm-hmm. of the other things that that come out. So, um, yeah, I mean, just roll with the punches, and if you want to see publishers bring these games to these these platforms, buy their last ones in droves because yeah. otherwise it won't happen. 
Don't okay. buy used ones. That doesn't help. That doesn't help. There probably aren't used ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on. Pokemon trading card game is coming to iOS. I this almost was, threw up when I read this news. This was... Uh, what, really? It's so weird. All right. Let me, let me finish for weird. folks at home for context. Uh, this was announced during the Pokemon World Championships, which was this past weekend. How come you we didn't know the final? that? Uh, went to that? I know Keza went to that. Um, I don't know. Oh, why don't we go to Why don't we go to Washington, D.C.? I don't, I don't know. know. How about that Obama went to it? Joe Biden was there. Joe Biden throw was down there. Right, Let me throw the down right shoes. <laughs> <laughs> He's more of a Snorlax to me. So there were no details to follow up with this, just yeah. that it's happening. Um, our best guess is that this is probably a port of the PC game, version of the game, which is already free to play, by the way. Mm-hmm. Someone could just jump online, go to Pokemon.com, and you can download the training card game online and be a part of that community. So it's probably a port of that. So why did this make you almost throw up? Oh, no, throw up in a good way. Okay. Oh, no, this was a good vomit. Okay. You guys got good vomits? No, I don't have good vomits. (laughs) No, because I was like, this could be the start. And, you know, everyone's always talking about, like, when is Nintendo going to come to iOS? Yeah. Uh I was like, this could be the start. But to me, I don't want Mario on iOS. I don't want, you know, I don't want Zelda on iOS. I don't want those things. But Pokemon is legitimately the perfect phone yep. game. Yep. And Pokemon the training card game, when Mitch and I found out about this, Mitch, like, uh, so many people in this office are obsessed with Hearthstone, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the, the sort of the Blizzard Warcraft version of That's right. uh, Pokemon training card game. Yep. Uh, but the idea of this being free to play and being like, hey, you if can it's free to play. If we it's don't free know to play, that. Yeah. I would yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. That's a good point. So, yeah, and to, to be fair to Pokemon Company, they have been uh, experimental, especially with mm-hmm. the App Store. Remember, there was the Pokedex a few years right. ago for yeah, Black and White. Yeah. But I hopefully they learned their lesson because that was horribly priced. It yeah. was like a dollar ninety nine to get the the standard Pokedex just for Black and White, and then if you wanted the other regions from previous games, you were paying five ninety nine each region. That's and I think there were just, four regions. At that's the like time. square pricing. <laughs> yeah. So if they are planning to charge for this, I hope that someone there is at least considering a better model than this. Um, also, if it's going to be microtransaction driven or not, to be really careful with that stuff because that is how you can quickly scare people away. Ten dollars that hollow Charizard. Yeah. So. Yeah. so <laughs> So we're not we're not 100% sure. From the online trading card game, we do know that if you are a person who collects the cards already, there is a way each booster pack comes with like a code that you can enter and enter into the game and get, you know, additional cards that way. At least the PC yeah. version of the game. Um, and uh, this was also interesting timing just cuz the trading card game as a Game Boy Color game came out on Virtual Console for 3DS in Europe. It yeah. still hasn't come out in here yeah. or I believe Japan. I could be wrong on that last one. But we got the, the has Pokemon Pinball ever came out? You remember that game? Ah, it was great. Was I, I like that. Yeah, that was really oh, cool. Yeah, it was really good. Loved yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. I didn't it have like a motion yeah. sensor. On yeah, it too? came with a. It was Rumble or Motion Sensor. It, it was maybe Rumble. It was, Rumble. it was an oversized cart. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. Rumble. Got yeah. it. Got it. I'm thinking of probably the Kirby game. Yeah. All right. Well, okay, so that's the thing. Hopefully, when we hear more about it, we will be able to tell you yeah, the details. Yeah, I think it's cool. So, wait, free to play or are they going to charge for it? What do you think? Free to place play. Place your bets. Free to play? I hope it's free to play. <laughs> okay. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Um, I think you can learn a lot from Hearthstone, especially, and how yeah. they do microtransactions. It seems like no one seems to hate them for that. So. Nope. Definitely pay attention. All right. Last news story. GameStop is restocking Nintendo GameCube consoles. What? This is the thing. Selling refurbished Nintendo GameCube consoles at $20 a pop (laughs) uh, until stocks last. What about games? Uh, no, they don't sell GameCube games. (laughs) I mean, cute. At all. So this was a really weird story to see. I think... Uh, I'm sure you can find a few games on their site. Actually, I should have checked before I read this news story. That's weird. But regardless... 
I don't want to attribute this to, to, to Melee, but there has been sort of a Melee resurgence. You see it, you know, at Evo. You're seeing it um, sort of either talked about or tweeted about in a, in a lot of positive light. So I think it's just kind of jumping maybe on that trend. I don't know 100% Do you want to buy some GameCubes sure. on the way home from work? Uh, I think it's only through their online store. I don't what? think physical retailers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was upset. Yeah, I want a GameCube. I'll you want to be it, walking around with your most... little GameCube briefcase? Yeah. Hell yeah you you use shops I know of, they sell, or excuse me, retro shops I've, I've like, visited, they sell GameCube consoles for like 40 or 50 bucks a pop. Yeah. So being able to get them for 20 that's pretty cool. Yeah. GameCube still has a really cool library, and if you're into that library, you can always jump on eBay and, ju- and get some of those. I've been I, doing that I myself. I moved up apartments uh, about two years ago, and I gave my entire GameCube library to Destructoids Max Scoville and he has all of my games now and this is like this is a serious collection that goes like I've got like both beautiful Joes in there I've got Doshin the Giant I've got some yeah Odama I think there's something like 110 GameCube games in that collection holy crap you gave that away I gave him away yeah I never room for him can you ask for him back I'm gonna have to do that okay I'm gonna have to go backseas on him Um, did, did GameStop just have like a wall in their factory or whatever that they thought was a real wall. And they're like, oh, it's actually <laughs> turned a GameCube. Well, I thought that was just a giant purple wall the entire time. It turned out it was 900 GameCubes. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of glad they are selling these, though, because uh, at least a couple of, I want to say a year ago or so, I was thinking about how many people have traded in things to GameSpot, GameStop over yeah. the years and how much of that inventory has either been destroyed or lost over time. We're talking about games that were classics. Yeah. Yeah. There should be a classic section for you to buy from. And be, if you're someone who's into buying retro games be able to shop through you think an online catalog would support that they apparently so don't apparently, so their online catalog doesn't either because i remember like when they retired like the game boy color and i was collecting games from that era i could still go on like ebgames.com and buy I think if it's right after the window where that system becomes obsolete maybe uh-huh. but and i'm not 100 sure if you know the deets on this stuff please email nvc at ign.com has anyone ever done the research on where these games go i would love to know well there was that article on ign about gamestop dumpster diving Did oh you guys yeah hear that thing well, yeah. that, that might i know be part about of it. i know yeah. when they throw out like like peripherals and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Does it all Weird just go stance. in the garbage then? I don't know. That makes me sad. As like that's what I was thinking John about. C- the CEO, John C. GameStop, is like yeah. a giant hoarder. Yeah. He has like a mansion that's filled with copies of like Madden 97. It's actually Gamington P. Stopsley the third. <laughs> He's I didn't realize he was British. Game wall, a silver game yeah. wall, a black yeah. game wall. He's chilling. Yeah. I right. just can't imagine like they. You get a call as a GameStop regional manager, and they're just like, "Go in, clear out all the stores, dump all the games yeah. in the trash." You've never, you've never been to Babbage's, Tennessee. No, you go into Babbage's, Babbage's. Tennessee. Yeah, it's the city. I haven't Babbage's. heard someone no, utter the word Babbage's. <laughs> yeah, oh. Babbage's. Do you think there's just like a big raft out in the ocean that's just covered in used games? <laughs> and it's a giant rats. barge. Is that going to be the next myth that yeah. someone tries to go dig up? Go to All the right. Babbage's barge. Yeah. Fine. Man, it's kind of a bummer. All right. Yeah. So that's news. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Marty about Splatoon. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jose Otero here, joined by Brian Altano and Marty Sleva. Yeah. 
and we are going to talk a little bit about an editorial that you penned. Yeah. Uh, so you went to Gamescom. Yeah. Oh, by the way, how was Germany? Germany, a little bit about uh, Germany was great. Germany, your first the country time. itself. It was my first time as an adult. I went a couple times as a kid. Oh, uh, check you out. Germany, it's <laughs> world traveler. Yeah. I was like a Frankie Muniz movie as a child. Were you finding <laughs> your parents? <I> was <laughs> Papa, Papa. Uh, so his little briefcase <laughs> and his baby beard. Mm-hmm. I had a, yeah, I've had a beard since four. Of course, you. Uh, Germany was great. Uh, Cologne, where Ga- uh, Gamescom is held, is a gorgeous city um, with a lot of uh, history, cobblestone streets, amazing churches, outdoor beer gardens, game stops that were surprisingly devoid of weird German stuff. Really? Uh, yeah, Goldfarb and I went to a GameStop. And we were hoping to find like weird German versions of things. And the only cool things were uh, there was a copy of Resident Evil 4 for PC that so had a really cool that. cover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the European. cover was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was like a silhouette where it was like a red forest and a dude at the bottom oh, of the chainsaw. chainsaw. Oh, yeah. that cover was awesome. Yeah. I remember seeing that online. It was so cool. Yeah, which what? is such a bummer because most of the U.S. covers are just like dude with a gun. Yeah, girl our, behind I think him. our cover was, uh, wasn't it just like Leon getting his head chopped off? <laughs> That's on the back of the box, not okay. on the front of the box. On the front of the box is Leon sort of posing with the gun, which it's is, kind of been a thing, right? The, yeah, the Bioshock on the, Infinite. Yeah, on the yeah, cover of yeah, yeah. Pistol, yeah, yeah, Danger, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Um, but okay, so uh, but then Gamescom itself is is terrifying and massive. It's I don't know if anyone's ever been to an E3 or a PAX or a Comic Con, but this is like a well, hundred times more crowded and terrifying. Than and it's it's sort of both worlds. It's, open it's the, E3 in that it's the big trade show, sure. but then it's also open to, it's open the, to the public. public. And evidently, it's like ten euros, which is like thirteen bucks. What? Wow. So like, I, there's no reason not to go. And I, they must not cap it at any time because wow. hallways are just filled with human beings. Yeah, I That's, saw a photo that was just terrifying. Yeah, just, so Brian uh, Brian. Albert's photo got picked up by like Kotaku, so his photo of the horror oh. was the photo that got spread around everywhere. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so there's a bunch of different halls. Obviously, everyone has their own hall. Uh, Nintendo had a big presence there. Uh, granted, it was, a lot of the, it was a lot of the demos that we saw at E3 and then again at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, but I have to go hands-on again with a lot of games that, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, Captain Toad and of uh, Kirby Rainbow Curse and Yoshi's Woolly World. Uh, but I got to play Splatoon again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we already had sort of just a legit Splatoon preview of what this game is, and they were on the live show at uh, uh, both at Gamescom and at uh, E3. So I decided just sort of, instead of just telling people what it was about, sort of talking about the fact that I, I, I appreciate what it is right now, which is, you know, it's a 5v5 competitive territory-based shooter with cute aesthetics, and it's, you know, these sort of paint sharks of the characters. Uh, but I mostly, I wrote about, I wish it was something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I say this a lot. I mean, I think my literally my favorite genre are the 3D character platformers of yore. Mm-hmm. And as much as I loved Mario, uh, three, Mario 3D World, I didn't feel like it was the same kind of thing because sure. Mario 3D World felt more like Mario 3. Well, and it also felt like a hybrid of a uh, new Super Mario Brothers and 3D Mario. And 3D. It was yeah. kind of both of those worlds came yeah, together, yeah. and that was the goal of that game. Yeah, to be the hybrid. Of yeah, that. yeah, but it was still it was time based. The levels were you know the levels some of the levels Following were big, a lot but of they were classic simple. rules. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what do you you want like the Mario's, hub world? Like, yes. you know, I mean, yeah, I'm I right there with Mario sixty four. Yeah, uh, Mario Sunshine. Banjo-Kazooie, Jack and Daxter, Psychonauts, sort of these giant colorful worlds where murder everything in sight isn't necessarily the 
primary goal. Or sure. ink it. Or ink, ink everything. Ink everything. Sorry, yeah. Not so, yeah, I don't I'm, think I'm you're really dead. murdering the children. <laughs> I'm totally with you, and I want all those things, too, but what the hell does Splatoon have to do with any of So that was, I mean, that sort of, I probably could have finessed it a little bit better, but but this thing, which was a, wasn't so much a preview as it was a editorial feature thing, mm-hmm. was me saying, like, all right, I appreciate what Nintendo is doing with this game, but I wish this game were something else completely. And it was sort of based around the fact that I like the aesthetics of Splatoon, and I like the core mechanic of, which feels like an extension of Sunshine, where, I mean, it feels a lot like Sunshine, where you have, right, right, you know, right. instead of having Flood behind you, you're able to shoot out ink, and through that ink, you're able to turn to a squid, go under it, and, you know, traversal is quicker. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at those mechanics, and I was like, man, those are, to me, I would love for those to be at home in a giant, you know, open 3D character platformer. Sure. Where almost like you, you, you know, throughout the game, you gain different powers, you gain different colored inks that do different things. You're able to, so you, you come across a mountain, and in my preview I wrote, so if maybe you don't have ink or maybe you don't have the skills yet, and so you have to go all the way, you have to circle around the mountain, you have to beat all the bad guys, or if you have have leveled up enough or if you're able to do this sort of technique, you can somehow paint the side of the mountain and as a shark or as a squid go up the side of it. Um, and so, my yeah, my thing was sort of partially me lamenting the fact that the genre doesn't exist anymore and yeah. might not come back. Um, also the fact that, yeah, Nintendo Nintendo's really, hasn't really done this before. hasn't really done this sort of competitive shooter, um, especially an online-based one. But uh, to me, we have enough of those. It's, satur- it, it's a saturated it's genre. It's a saturated genre. But yeah. like we were saying, I mean, Nintendo, the Wii U doesn't have a lot of those. The games I mentioned were Call of Duty and Battlefield and Evolve and Dying Light and Destiny and Borderlands. None of those are on Wii U. So none of those are on Wii U. And so my thing was like, well, I don't want... I don't want another one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I, I personally don't see the appeal in taking my Wii U online and playing a five v five territory based, you know, uh, competitive shooter. So that being said, which I, I meant it, but I didn't really. It didn't get across well enough in my piece. Was the fact that they have li- Nintendo has literally only shown one thing of this game, yeah. yeah, and that is that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've said there's going to be a single player mode. They haven't shown it all. No. We don't know what that is. Yeah, we don't know if it's going to be sort of like a shoehorned. You know, shooter single player mode, or if it's gonna be something. My like hunch would that it would be some sort of like mission based single player set in the arenas that are pre existing. Which they gotta be careful with because those can be really boring. I totally agree. But I mean, this is the era we're in now, right? Where it's very rare that you have parity between a single player game and a multiplayer game where both are excellent. Or you need a really big team making both. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Yeah. You know, Nintendo's big, but are they that big to be doing it that way? Yeah. Um, I do want to bring up, though, that I think Splatoon as a whole, and I'm sure listeners will disagree with me, is sort of the victim of how hard it is to make a first impression for a new IP. Yeah. You were with me the day we first got to see that thing. Yeah. And we both walked out sort of unsure how we felt because mm-hmm. on one hand, you know, it was it was a very pretty game, and it's and it's fun in a way that, like, I love how the match is decided. Right, you see this cat sort of go, wait, which side? Yeah, yeah, ah! yeah, yeah. He puts yeah. A, a flag up, and he's all excited, and you yeah. can't help but feel the energy in that. But playing that one mode and and multiplayer demos in general at big trade shows, I feel it makes it really hard for you to appreciate what makes it that special. Sure, yeah. Even if the from the outset, multiplayer isn't the only focus of this game, that's what you chose to show. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, and so between the two of us, you know, then I got to spend more time, like I spoke to developers, mm-hmm. both in an on-camera interview, which we yeah. ran at E3, and then off-camera for a separate piece, which we eventually ran. Um, 
and talking to them and watching, especially watching the developer play it and seeing the high-level skill at that point was what sold me on, okay, this is what I, I think this can work. But you didn't get to see that. And I, yeah. don't, and I don't blame you. It, like I remember when we talked about like, bringing you on the show to talk about this. I was like, I totally respect where sure, you're coming yeah. from. With all oh, no. And, and with anything I write, like, I, I more than welcome a differing yeah. opinion. A lot of the responses cool I got this. were yeah. people were very upset. Yeah. Uh, and, and if which, you were, like, it's an opinion, dude. Like, sure. Chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I get people get riled up. I appreciate the people who either – a agreed with me, or B were like, "Hey, I don't agree with you, but yeah, I have like a challenge in it, yeah, yeah, in a, in yeah. A logical um, way." But but anyway, I guess the point I'm just trying to make is that I think that there is a lot more to it, but they haven't shown us what that is. So sure, it's really yeah. hard for us to really yeah. get excited and drum up that excitement when we're not 100 percent sure. Yeah, yeah. And to me, it was tough because like a lot of it just what they showed was a core mechanic, which I liked. But then they didn't throw any variables around it. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't um, – the, the level wasn't particularly interesting. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot you could do other than the – The special you know, you weapon that you get after a you while. Can, yeah, 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 there yeah. was that sort of, thing too. But it was kind of hard to earn it because you're under fire constantly. And especially your first time through, you're not entirely sure. You know, just throwing people into the deep end of the pool. Sure, and yeah, and other yeah. Words, like that's kind of a thing. Well, it's, yeah. it's like you say this a lot, Jose, about Nintendo is – they're kind of the masters of uh, proposing this core mechanic and then getting as much mileage as possible. Yeah, Japan in general and, is yeah. very good at that, but Nintendo um, especially as well. And I feel like, you know, for a long time we sort of chastised Nintendo for, uh, you know, I, us as, as gamers and as, as people in the press chastised Nintendo for not really doing a lot of public events. Sure. And I feel like this year they've done them all. But they've done them all with the sort of same vertical slices of each game. That, like, yeah, yeah. Captain yeah. Toad, they've been trotting out to every show, and Splatoon, it's it's the same thing each time, which is great for people who've never played it before, mm-hmm. but people like us who are on our, like, th- fourth or fifth demo yeah, of the yeah. same game. I mean, I'm sure next week at PAX, we're both, you know, we're all going, and uh, Nintendo, we may see the same, see the same stuff. Yeah. And maybe Jose and I will play it and see something that you didn't see, or sure. you'll see yeah, something yeah. new in it. You never know. But, uh, yeah, after a while, you kind of want to be like, well, what else can you do? can this do? You know, yeah, um, and I'm totally with you on the the sort of the death of the 3D platform, and, and to me, it's like. It's it's a hard pill to swallow because I didn't think we'd actually ever get there. Yeah, and it's it always it almost makes me begrudgingly look back at uh, the N sixty four era where I almost feel like we got burnt out by them. Yeah, by the time like DK sixty four came I out, yeah, say we and, did. Yeah, oh, my totally, God. totally. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, some people like a lot of those games more than others, but I remember by the, by the time like Billy Hatcher came along, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> we don't need these games <laughs> Hang anymore. On. Hang on, when no, no, no it was it was good. Okay. It was good, but it was like it was a little too late by yeah. that time. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, hey, wait, please come back. Like, yeah. we yelled at you. There were too many of you. Yeah. And now I want them to return. And the 2D platformers incredibly had a, a resurgence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Shovel Knight was a Kickstarter ba- uh, darling. You know, yeah. Mighty Number no. 9. Sure, yeah. Gunvolt is something that sort yeah. of dips into that. You know, Mighty Gunvolt. The 2D platformers happen like crazy. Oh, and, and there's like in high pro, I mean, Super Time Force, Ori, sure. for Xbox One. Sure, that looks uh, amazing. like yeah. Rogue Legacy I'm yeah, playing yeah. now. Uh, Nintendo's still making 2D Marios all the time. Yeah, and Kirby and and uh, even like Yoshi. you know you, you were right you totally nailed it like they put out 3D World and yeah that sort of like scratched that itch a little bit is that a cat thing it's yeah totally a cat that. thing <laughs> but that whole like 
Here's you know here's the courtyard here's the open world like give me a platforming GTA the way Super Mario sixty four yep. did yeah I mean Galaxy came kind of close but it, it segregated it things a, yep, a little bit absolutely. too much too yeah um, Sunshine was the last one and I feel like even then we got Sunshine and we we're like ah eh, we're kind of over it but yeah. I would kill for a game like that sure. it's now. the weirdest thing because it's like we experienced the we birth God oh, sorry. just stop you know <laughs> what <laughs> everybody get out of their the podcast is over <laughs> no we experienced the birth, the rise, the fall, and the death of a genre yeah. in our lifetime. And to me, it's like... That never happens. I don't no, know to if me, it's, it's like, dead. I don't know if I agree with you guys that it's dead. It's so there's a game called Hat Time, which is coming out for Wii yeah. U, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is really cool. Okay. But to me, it's the equivalent of if you have an early flight and you drink a lot the night before and don't go to bed, mm-hmm. for you to have to get on that plane and experience the hangover yeah. forming while you're awake... Like, we had to experience this while we were awake and lucid and fans of things and being like, where is this going? Why did this leave? We messed up a few hours ago. Yeah. It's it's like a – it's a relationship, you know, where you're dating somebody and then you get too much of them and you don't want them anymore and then they're gone and you're like, oh, my God, I can't live without you. What is going on? Yeah. That's how I feel. Well, there's the shooters. I'm like, well, I don't want the shooters. Yeah. I mean, there's no shortage of those, right? Like, And we've actually – like, I I feel like we never really hit the point with shooters where people – People were like, I'm sick of these. Because some people were, but they never stopped making them. Yeah, there's more shooters than ever now. And there was also, there was no finality with that genre. No, never. There was no like, okay, this is it. This is the moment we broke up with 3D character platformers. It was just like, well, there was Billy Hatcher. Yeah, and then that was it. Like, (laughs) And where are they now? They're gone. Yeah, I I can't think of any in the development besides A Hat in Time, which has been, it's been worked on for like a few years Yeah, it's been worked on by like five people or ten people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Oh, no, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I'd love to sorry, see the high-profile, uh, you know, first-person, Nintendo-driven platforming game. Or even another company. I'd like to see, you know, maybe Ubisoft even doing something like that. Yeah. Uh, we got Rayman. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's well, 2D, that was though. 2D. That's 2D. But yeah. I mean, like, a th- the 3D open-world, hub-world, jump-in-a-micro-levels type of situation yeah. thing. Um, and until then, you know, we've got 2D platformers and we've got Splatoon, which has nothing to do with any of this. <laughs> yeah. so I do want to push back, though, a little bit because I don't think the, the 3D platformer is dead. Definitely the exploration one is in maybe in limbo or maybe it's just not as prevalent as it once was. We were well, At one point, we were oversaturated by yeah. these things. Like I remember the minute Donkey Kong 64 came out and I remember buying it and being excited, plugging it in and going, oh, my God, I don't like this. Why like, are there so many things I need to collect? Yeah, yeah, there's too many collectibles. I'm kind of over that. And, uh, well, that's why it's the collectathon is what killed the 3D platform. Yeah, platformer. there's definitely a, a need for new ideas, yeah. 100%. Uh, but I do think that Galaxy, games like Galaxy did a great job of sort of honing in and focusing you to just do the actual platforming versus maybe some of the exploration. Sure. Yeah. The exploration was the risk. That was the thing that sort of slowly got carved away. But I do think from, you know, maybe in their defense to point this out is uh, – when you look at, for example, Galaxy versus New Super Mario Brothers, everyone at this table knows New Super Mario Brothers far outsold. Like that 2D classic style with those classic rules. Here's the numbers. I mean, I, I looked them up while you guys were talking a second ago. New Super Mario Brothers, 27 million copies on Wii. Mm-hmm. Galaxy, which is a game we all adore, yeah. is probably the best game of last generation, 11.7 million units. It had, didn't have the word new in it. New Super even Mario it, Galaxy. Even if it there didn't, I think there's definitely, though, the challenge of... You know, who, 
hooking in as many gamers as possible. And there oh, is sure. something that 2D communicates sure. easily that 3D, unfortunately, even though we love it and lament that it's not as prevalent as it used to yeah. be, no, it's great does point. not. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the 2D iterations are infinitely more accessible. Yeah. And yeah. that's I mean, probably that's... why even 3D World exists, right? Yeah. And I think it is I'm... the hybrid of both. Sure. Yeah. I, I think yeah. New Super Mario Brothers also benefits from the fact that it was four player multiplayer. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that does immediately entice uh, an experience that's different than but 3D just World had that too. And, I, right. and you don't hear the, well, the, the 3D World uh, came out on Wii U. Yeah, which is a whole other yeah, <laughs> that's that's a whole, whole separate situation. Oh, no, but absolutely. I, 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 tr- I truly feel like the uh, it's a genre that can return, and I feel like the reasons it died are th- are not things that really plague it anymore. Like for example, I feel like the collectathon genre killing the 3D platforming genre happened because back then to create a 3D environment was a lot harder. Mm-hmm. It was just just doing anything in that space was a lot more work. So publishers and developers got the most mileage out of each environment that they built. Yeah. So if Rare built an environment that's the size of this table we're sitting at, they're going to make you play it with seven different characters and traverse it 15 different yeah. ways to collect every single thing because it was a pain in the ass to build that environment. Yeah, sure. But nowadays it's a lot easier to do things like that, you know, yeah. because okay. this isn't the first 3D systems ever made. So I think making an open-world 3D platform is a lot... I mean, it's why you see sandbox games come out a lot more often now. Well, they yeah, you see stuff like GTA and all the like the Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed, and Far Cry, and those things are filled with things. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, the maps and those, there's a million things to collect and outposts to blow yeah. up and activities yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And we've seen Nintendo sort of share in that same vision of what you just described. Because Mario 64, even though you were you were jumping through the same paintings and revisiting spaces, but you were there for a different reason. You were yeah. either there for get the hundred, you know, red coin, you know, excuse me, get the hundred coins, yeah. or get the red coins, or get the star at the top of a mountain, yeah, right? yeah, the star against a certain boss or whatnot. And that's something that I feel like that design has still kind of lived on, especially in Galaxy, yeah. where you had multiple reasons to go back to certain galaxies over and over to get every star, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess you know the hub world and and sort of that other stuff has sort of suffered and been dialed mm-hmm. yeah. been dialed back as a result. You know, you know, you just like Splatoon will sort of figure out something in single player that's sure. going to yeah. entice us. Yeah, um, and I think you know we're still legitimately excited in one sense, but we definitely don't know what else to be excited yeah. about yet. One of the things that's a miss... 2015 game, by the sure. Way, so yeah. it's got time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I miss about f- sort of 3D, the, like the exploration part of those games, was entering a level and being like. I'm going to go there. And like seeing the top of a mountain and being like, I can go there. Yeah. You could do that in Mario 64. You could do that in Jack and Daxter. Yeah. Um, you can't really do that. I mean, in like Galaxy, it was sort of just like, well, you're going to have this node and this node and this node. Sure. And you're sort of keep each one is like a mini challenge and yeah. then you don't want Well, yeah. if you saw something in the distance, you weren't guaranteed to be there. Sure. You might yeah. Just pass yeah. by something. And yeah. Go. A galaxy kind of built itself off of being disorienting like that, where yeah. you weren't even, you never really like, I'm going to go from here to here to here. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no idea where I'm going to get. Yeah. You would hop on a planet, jump into something, and it would shoot you who the hell knows where. Yeah. yeah. But it got me thinking that, like, I guess you, you mentioned uh, Ubisoft. I think that like more than ever, the 3D platforming genre is being held onto by uh, Assassin's Creed. By Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, by like yeah. violent, like murder everything. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, Assassin's Creed particularly is about you know traversing platforms yeah. and jumping on and enemies. And being like, here's a cool place, go wherever you want. It's just it's collect br- these it's, feathers. It's yeah. brutal and violent. And it's very different. But just like Banjo Kazooie, yeah. you're running around collecting feathers and, <laughs> yeah. and pages of manuscripts yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. Man, so. it'd be amazing if and no song. <laughs> if in the new Assassin's Creed he had like a bird in his backpack. Oh, <laughs> God. That'd be so good. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. 
Um, I also, that, all I want is new Super Mario 64 right now. You said new is the keyword. Just oh, make dude. a new Super Mario 64. Now said E3. Be careful what you wish no, for. I'll no, take it. You I'll have take said it. on this podcast that putting that word new attached to that anything. That is ugly art style. <laughs> yeah. It means that something good that I don't want is not going to make it in there. There was that rumor a few days ago about Nintendo working on an HD remaster, and I still keep oh, my yeah. fingers crossed that it's Mario 64. Like, I hope it's Mario Sunshine. Th- so... Oh, really? Yeah, I hope it's Sunshine. Well, I think I Sunshine hope they do. deserves How about a this? second They chance. start with 64, and then they do Sunshine. I think, 64, Mario 64. Yeah, I think 64 has earned its place as this legend, like, it's super important installment to not just platformers, but 3D as a whole. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like Sunshine has been thrown under the bus multiple times. I've even done it myself. And I've revisited that game, and that opinion has changed. Yeah. But uh, I do feel that game is definitely do a refresh sure. and something about it finding improvements finding ways to make it fresh is something that Nintendo can do because uh, with 64 I, I also think there's just a lot more work involved and they've had a re-release of 64 hello uh, for DS remember 64 I don't like that one it exists wasn't it wasn't perfect to yeah. play at least not until you got a 3DS and you got the circle pad yeah. because using the D-pad was horrible and then oh, using yeah. remember that the thumb thing oh, that, yeah, oh don't talk yeah, about right. that <laughs> The thumb thing. Yeah, yeah remember the, Get the, out the of like weird condom thing. The thumb strap. The thumb strap that you, you put over your thumb and then you try to play it. No. They were trying to, to simulate an analog in any way they could. Unfortunately, yeah. that wasn't the way to do but, it. I mean, isn't that a weird dead-ended list of ways to play that game currently? One of the most definitive video games ever made is you can either play it on your 3DS with a thumb strap or you can download it on your Wii. And see a very dated game. Again, I, I would I, rather... It's it not sunshine. a very dated game. Well, I mean visually. I don't mean the way it's played. I honestly don't even feel like Mario 64 is a dated game visually. I think when was the last time you got your eyes checked? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you two wear glasses. Look at me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Blind uh, 60, 64, <laughs> I, I think 64 can use a visual sort of upgrade. Sure, and that's fine, but I think it's also... Uh, it's, it's, incre- it's some of the cleanest... Uh, polygon characters ever put in a game. There's sure. no like textures on. Oh no, them. I'm not worried about that. I'm talking yeah. about backgrounds specifically. You look oh, at some okay. of those backgrounds. Oh, okay. So I'll give you. I'll give hurt. you like the trees and the fences where it's just a photograph that on its side. <laughs> that's those are yeah, kind of weird yeah, looking. Kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, there's a couple parts in the game where you see something off in the distance and you're like, what the hell is that? It's just, yeah. It's like a blurry vacation photo that you know Miyamoto took back in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> but we've said on this podcast before that even though a certain genre fades away for a while, yeah. it's definitely not dead. I mean, I think one point pyramid a while back was even though video games as a whole we're done with video games the world's done with video games Atari went under no one's yeah. ever going to play or buy yeah. home consoles again that didn't work out like Rock Band's gone that may come back in a different form it lives on in Rocksmith for whatever reason yeah. um, uh, I think that the the, the exploration based platformer is due for a, a revisit by someone and someone's going to figure that out but until then I'm going to die the day that kinda, happens I'm going to get so excited I'm going to be so happy I'm going to pee my pants there you go all right. Well, and happy puke. Yeah, I'm going to happy puke all over the place. Yeah, if you're listening and you have some thoughts to add to this conversation, yeah. why not email us at nvc at IGN.com. Let us know what you think. If you, polite, if you politely disagree or agree. Yeah. But let us know. Uh, we definitely read your emails and we read your feedback. Hopefully next week we get Pear back. He's been uh, off in the hills of Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he keeps got, like climbing mountains and things. And not even tweeting. No. Yeah, he's I gone. saw some Facebooks. He's searching for uh, feathers and notes. Feathers and notes. That's it. He's getting his Wu-Tang right. ta- touched up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's the thing. He's going to come back and be like, damn you, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's just this podcast dad that just comes home. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I heard what you said when I was gone. You made um, a mess of that show. There you go. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We are a weekly podcast on IGN, but we have a bunch of other content on IGN. There are other shows dedicated to PlayStation and Xbox. 
Box. I think we still have a movies podcast, right? Keeping it real. Yeah. Yeah. I keep it real. Keep it real. Uh, we UK, also have we got AU podcasts. Yep, they said probably uh, naughty words on those. Yep. You know, written and video features, a lot of really cool stuff. PAX is here. It's coming up next yeah, week. One week. And we are actually all going to be there. Yeah. But we're not doing an NVC panel due to some scheduling conflicts. We Unfortunately, we're not able to do that. There will be a Game Scoop live panel at the yeah. Sasquatch Theater on Friday. I think it's, it's at Friday, 3.30. to 4.30. Yep. So Yo, check that out. Uh, Greg uh, Miller will be there. Damon Hatfield will be there. My Myself, Marty, probably Brian as well. Brian and Mitch are going to be sort of around as well. You can find them. Say hi. Yeah, yeah. come wearing a hello. comedy bun shirt. Apparently, Brian I'll, may I'll or may not hug. hug you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. Yeah, right. this is my first pack, so I'm really excited, and a lot of people have Should been be. hitting me up saying it's their That's first pack too. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm going actually kind of just for fun and to do some IGN stuff. So I'm going to be running around saying hello to people. Yeah. And, uh, Naomi Kyle will also be there. Yeah, she come by. We also have a, a IGN meetup planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's happening. Definitely check the site for the details. Saturday I night, I believe seven to ten. Seven to seven upside down to question mark. Question marks. It says eleven on our sheet, but it may yeah. go later than that. Uh, we definitely are down to hang out. So check it out. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the name of the place? I think it's Amber. Amber, Amber the Amber yeah, Lounge. Amber Lounge in Sounds Seattle. Like a strip club of yeah. some sorts. Yep. We've got links on the site, so make sure you check that out. Also, uh, let us know what you think of the show. Either email nvc at ign.com or head on over to iTunes. Leave us a show review. Let us know what you like, what you dislike. And that's our show, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thanks we did a lot. It. We yeah. made it. Another week. Yeah. In the books. No one died. It's almost a minute. We got 20 seconds until it's an hour. Oh, well, then it's hard to believe it's been one hour ago that we started this podcast. No, we're not going to. Uh, So (laughs) we're basically doing it right now. I mean, yeah, by by us not allowing you to finish. No, no, we're going to finish. So follow us on Twitter. You can follow Brian. Agent Bizzle. Do that one more time. Agent Bizzle. (laughs) There you go. You can follow Marty Sleva at Mick Biggity, two G's and two T's. Have you ever explained why that name exists? Uh, I have on an episode of Unlock. You gotta listen to IGN's podcast Unlock. Okay. World's number go. one Xbox podcast. And watch up at noon. Every Monday is at noon on IGN. And yeah. I am your host, Jose underscore Otero on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.